0: Stampede! Garner isn't number 66. Recorded 10 2020. The truth about the process of an election is that rarely people are told the truth. Sometimes even a high-ranking politician doesn't know what the truth is. Usually confronted by reporters when asked a question about an important issue, a politician will say, I'm not at liberty to speak on that subject, which begs the question, Does this public servant really know what the issue is? Or is the issue so secretive that the American public can't be told what it is? And if a politician really understands what those facts are, he's more than willing to let the public know if it's good news, especially if it helps to get reelected. Then again, if the facts are disturbing and shouldn't be revealed. A good politician will plead ignorance. The truly talented politician will spend time explaining how any number of other extraneous issues will be resolved. I think you're getting the picture. Governmental officials never want to let the people know what's happening. The public is treated to something like a game show on TV, trying to guess what's behind either curtain one, two, or three. And usually a politician doesn't even know if anything is actually behind any of the curtains. A real politician never tells the truth, and what's worse, rarely knows what the truth is anyway. It used to be said, the truth will set you free, but that hasn't existed for a long time because people who have power don't want you to be free. The present state of affairs in this country is that you're to be intentionally fed a lot of illusions so you can never see the truth. I spend an enormous amount of time trying to understand what is happening. And I still sometimes end up trying to guess what's behind curtain one, two, or three, or for that matter, any number of curtains. After having lived and traveled in lots of countries, I found there aren't many that have the material conveniences that exist in this country. However, there are several countries I would move to, but not necessarily for their material conveniences. Instead, I can be content with other values and especially living with naturally beautiful landscapes. It's true I do appreciate good, clean water flowing out of my kitchen faucet, and it's true I like waking up and walking out of doors to hear birds singing, or even the call of a rooster in the morning, or a cow mooing in a distant field. I don't like the sound of sirens. But also, I like various ethnic foods, so not having hamburger and fries or macaroni and cheese wouldn't be a problem if I left America. I did like Thailand for its food and was impressed by seeing elephants walking with their trainers in the streets of Bangkok. But I wouldn't live there full-time life for people in some countries can be very cheap after seeing the casual response by citizens when I encountered three horrific traffic deaths in three separate locations in one day in Thailand I decided things were too risky no I need a more tranquil environment. It used to be living in urban America was stable. But walk out of your house to collect that daily newspaper thrown by a kid delivering the news might leave you being assaulted by some stranger. There are those that say that's the price of freedom. But lots of people have developed phobias, anxieties, frightened about leaving their homes for even the most important reasons. Well, of course, the argument could be made, why leave the house anyway, when you can spend all your time looking at an image on an electronic screen, but real fear has crept into where we live, a fear of leaving our house. I'm not like that. At an early age, I always wanted to explore what was out there. But today, lots of things have driven people to seek the protection of their home. And not necessarily in a good way. It's not just for the well-being of being at home. It's the fear of leaving it. And that's no exaggeration. There's real trouble out there, and people feel the stress of leaving their homes. No, if I could, I'd have little concerns about leaving America. I'm sad to say that, but it's true. I'm not thankful about living here anymore. I'm beginning to develop real feelings of distrust toward my fellow citizens. I don't even like seeing the continual line of fast food restaurants that occupy our streets. No, I prefer walking into a little ethnic restaurant and sitting down and eating a meal created by someone with fresh food. If I eat something made at a fast food establishment, the ideas of eating something creative and nutritious are lost. The whole concept of sitting at a table with silverware, a napkin, a ceramic plate, and a glass filled with water has been replaced with a piece of meat slapped together with a bun, wrapped in wax paper, thrown in a bag with a plastic fork, with a small tab of salt, and eating my meal on a bench, watching fellow customers sucking on a straw from a paper cup filled with sugar water. Yeah, the lowest level of feeding Americans has been achieved in the consumerist world. And guess what? If you think your children are going to be eating better, when there's a shortage of food, you might find yourself standing in a line at a food bank with them. That's not to say food security is better in lots of other countries. There's a long history of starvation and famine in this world, and America has always had an abundance of food. It's just the way we've been taught to live with that abundance, and quite honestly, how we've shamefully wasted it. It's what makes me want to leave this country. Our waste is enormous. And ironically, I once tragically saw a man and a woman diving in a dumpster, searching for food in this country. That is a disgrace, and the greed and corruption that has produced that desperation across this country is unforgivable. No, I don't like what I see. And I don't allow myself the luxury of being indifferent to what has happened here. I know what we've become because I can remember when we were different. And that's why I no longer want to live here. While on the subject of wanting to leave this country, it's no secret our government has amassed an enormous historic debt, and in one way or another, it's going to affect our future. When last I looked, it was over $26 trillion, and with trillions more about to be added in the near future. COVID-19 has thrown a monkey wrench in our economy and has radically changed our future. Politicians will tell you everything is all right, but it isn't all right. Millions of people have been thrown out of work or in many different ways have been forced to lose their means of making a living for themselves. It's no exaggeration to say There is real pain in this country, not unlike the Great Depression of the 20s and 30s. Back in March of this year, our government's politicians attempted to restart the economy by sending money to everyone, but the severity of what's happening is persisting, and a new attempt at issuing a second stimulus has stalled the Congress. Many politicians are saying our debt is too large and we can't afford to send a lifeline to people who are suffering financially. But you know what? Our debt, the government's debt, is never going to be paid back. At one point or another, our debt is going to disappear with the waving of a magic wand and a major restructuring will begin, that appears to be what will happen. We aren't going to pay back the money we owe, not now or in the future. So the hypocritical people who say we can't afford to help people who are suffering from the financial effects of COVID-19 because it will add to our debt are either too cruel, willing to do nothing, or they are willing to cling to the idea the system still works. Either way, they're wrong. The alternative is to open up the flow of distributing fiat money to everyone and realize they can't stop what is eventually going to happen the deception and the illusions are coming to an end. The do-nothing Congress refusing to relieve the pain of the people in this country only illustrates the selfish thinking of the people in power who purport to be doing the work of the people. They're of a privileged class of people who don't care about what's happening because they and their families are protected They think they can convince you that everything is going to be all right and their lives won't be inconvenienced. Just stay calm, they say. We can get through this, but they can't understand. Or what's worse, don't care to understand what is happening to millions of people. Well, they should learn they're helping to breed a distrust anger, and violence that is coming. I'm not a propagandist. I don't have anything to gain by what I say. I just know I once had a good life in this country, and I don't see that going forward. Our values have been distorted. Our meaning of who we once were has been challenged. We've allowed ourselves to be tricked and deceived into believing All we ever needed is to consume, not just now in this moment of crisis but for a long time, both in the past and in the future. We've been taught that, but we don't need to be taught to consume. We need to understand how to be creative, the value of seeing, hearing, and feeling beautiful things. We may never find our way back from what we've lost. It may be we're too frightened to leave our homes, tricked into believing the artificial world will allow us to escape from what ails us. You've never been free, and you'll probably only be used for some vague promise that you can be free if you just consume. Well, that isn't going to continue to work. You're in for a whole world of hurt, and you're not going to be able to escape from that. You've been made into a tool to work for a system that has dumbed you down, and you've learned to love being that way. This week on Garner Isn't You first heard the music of Alexander DePlatt Elisa's theme From the 2017 Multiple Academy Award winning movie The Shape of Water Winning for Best Original Score Then you heard the incidental music Of Jerry Goldsmith's Assassins From the movie Chain Reaction Then the Photos From another multiple Academy Award-winning movie, L.A. Confidential, 1997. Goldsmith was nominated for Best Original Score, but lost to James Horner's score, Titanic. Next, another piece by Goldsmith, Oh, Pa, Help Me. From the 1965 movie, A Patch of Blue, and then the main theme from Apache Blue. Finally, a repeat of Elisa's theme. Steppeed, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.